Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It's time to play like a jet with your host, Scott Mason. Play like a jet. What does that mean? Smith rifles that one to Mims. And that's a foot race. He's going to win. Touchdown, Baylor. Denzel Mims with another monster score of 70 yards. Five straight games, Anthony, where he's got a touchdown catch of over 20. That's deflected and picked up Mosey. He'll take it in. It's a pick six and a touchdown. Bell into the middle of that line, and it's a touchdown. Big return for Crowder. 85 yards. Donald escapes, trying to buy himself some time. Fires, end zone. It's caught. Incredible play by Donald. He'll hit immediately when he got the handoff. You know and it's <laughs> the Q-inator. Oh, my gosh. Listen, thank you. From the TOJ Digital Studio, this is Play Like a Jet. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at PlayLikeAJet1. And it's time for the pregame report slash game day morning mailbag, which is always fun. It's a tradition unlike any other. It's only been around three years, but I like to think it's on par with the Masters. With, of course, one of the Masters of the Jets beat. That is the owner, the operator, the lead reporter, the whole shebang over at JetsInsider.com. And above all that, a very big deal, Mr. Chris Nimbley. What's going on, Chris? I'll tell you what's not a tradition like any other, and that's sports right now. Because I still haven't come down from the high that was Thursday night where I was watching the U.S. Open women's semifinals, NBA playoffs, the NFL kickoff, MLS soccer, and then I know basketball or baseball and hockey was still going on. Sports is crazy right now. There's too much going on. I, I feel it's like – uh, sports are on crack or something, and I love it, but there's so much going on, and I'm not sure I'll ever sleep again. And then you throw the Jets' opening game into sports crack, as you like to just term it, and look at what we got. The Jets and the Bills coming up later today, so let's talk about the news. Mike White, Josh Malone, and Josh Adams have been promoted to the active roster for this game, but beyond that, the only news really is the injuries. You knew Joe Flacco was out, but of course, the unfortunate thing here is Avery Williamson is not going to be able to go. Neither is Denzel Mims. We were hoping to see both of those guys. Michael P. Ryan, there was a little 
less optimism with him, but he's not going to play either. Alex Lewis and Marcus May are both questionable, but I think that they're both probably going to play. At least that's the sense that I get. Talk to me a little bit about these injuries. Sounds like Gase is especially frustrated with the Mims situation. Not mad at Mims, but frustrated for the poor kid that he doesn't get to make his debut in week one. Yeah, uh, so obviously Flacco being out, we knew that was going to happen. Uh, Michael P. Ryan, uh, we knew that after he got injured at the stadium on that practice, but it's still not nearly as bad as everyone thought it was going to be at the time. Uh, those two injuries, not a big deal. Alex Lewis was a full participant in practice yesterday, so he's going to play. Marcus May was a limited participant, but usually uh, if you've missed practice and, and then you're limited on Friday, that that's a good sign that you're going to be able to go. So as long as he doesn't have a setback there, that he's going to be fine. Mims, yeah, he Gase talked about it yesterday. You know, he said he had to wait all through training camp. He the last two practices of training camp, he finally started to do some individual stuff, but didn't get into any team stuff. And then this week, he really felt like he was getting some juice. He was getting going, and then he went and uh, something with the other hamstring. And Gase said he he felt like he feels like shit for him. So. Uh, that was his exact words, and I get it. And, uh, you know, the worst part about this, I, w- I was thinking about this. It, it hit me a little bit later. I was like, the worst part about this is all the people who are going to sit here and scream Denzel Mims is a bust because he has these hamstrings. We know this is, oh, he's injury prone. He he was not injury prone in college. He did not miss games in college. This isn't a, a something that you have to be concerned about all the time. It happens, uh, but you you know how fans are going to react. They're going to scream that he's a bust and injury prone now, and uh, that and it's going to be annoying to deal with. But you can't. I can't even imagine how frustrating it's got to be for Mims. Just this whole off season, everything about it, going into it, then coming into training camp, uh, popping the hamstring, and then doing all that time, resting, waiting, getting back, getting healthy, or being extra cautious. Then he comes back, and it's another one right there. It's got to be super frustrating to him. It's also got to be super frustrating to the team because, of course, they really need the help at wide receiver. Like, this is a position that they desperately need somebody. And I know I talked before the hamstrings about how probably shouldn't have super high expectations for him because rookie receivers and all. But even if you could just have him out there and not get a single catch, even that would help because of his size, his, his uh, speed, his route running ability. Just doing that would help with what they have now. It would, it would be a huge help even if he didn't catch a single pass. So that's concern. Uh, Gates didn't rule out a trip to the IR. Now, one thing to note is the IR is a little different this year. So uh, you can go on for three weeks. Um, so maybe that's the play here. But it, it doesn't sound like we're going to be seeing him anytime soon at, with these next couple of weeks. And that's obviously concerned. This they desperately need receivers. And, of course, he's, he's one of the spots that you want to look at, one of the plays you want to watch and see some signs of growth and hope for next year. Do you get the sense that May and or Lewis are going to play? Yeah, like I said, Lewis is a, a, was a full participant yesterday. So that's, you know, as long as there's no setback, he's going to be good to go. And that's the same with Marcus May. He, he was limited yesterday, 
but uh, generally if you didn't practice the day before and then you go limited uh, on the Friday, generally you're going to play as long as there's no other setbacks. Let's talk quick keys to the game and predictions, Chris. I think what this really comes down to is on the defensive side of the ball, the Jets have to find a way to keep Josh Allen contained in the pocket. And they've got Stefan Diggs now in Buffalo. That was the big offseason acquisition. But I think that if the Jets can cleverly cover him and keep Allen inside the pocket and avoid him making plays with his legs and running outside the pocket and doing damage that way, they should be able to do a good job containing this Buffalo offense. And then on the offensive side of the ball, one matchup that I find particularly interesting is wide receiver two. Because wide receiver one, which I assume at this point would be considered Perriman on the outside, is going to be locked down by Tredavious White. But you have an opportunity for whoever wide receiver two ends up being, which at this moment I guess would be somebody like Hogan, because you've got Josh Norman, who's injured, may or may not play, and if he does play, he won't be full strength. Not that he's anything close to what he used to be anyway. And then if he doesn't go, Levi Wallace's backup would play. Levi Wallace has been banged up too. So there's an opportunity there for the Jets to exploit that matchup. If the Jets can quick strike and avoid Buffalo's rush and avoid them getting the big sacks and getting to Darnold early on and throwing him off his rhythm, they can put some points on the board, I think, in this matchup. So I think that the Bills ultimately will win win this one I don't think it's going to be a very high scoring game I'm thinking something like 20 to 14 20 to 10 but the Jets definitely have a puncher's chance here yeah I mean they're playing the Bills a division opponent first off and they're playing a team quarterbacked by Josh Allen so the Bills are a really good team and Josh Allen is dangerous especially in regular season game to play against it's really it's it's a tough tricky way to uh cover our team playing the bills because I still don't have faith as Josh Allen as like a quarterback. We've talked about this a lot, but he can absolutely beat you. Um, especially with his legs. Uh, so it's, it's absolutely going to be tricky. You, you pointed out they're going to have to work on contain, not having to let him beat them. Uh, Stefan Diggs, great receiver, uh, John Brown, uh, Cole Beasley, but I still don't really have faith of Josh Allen to pick the Jets part through the air. But it, all it's going to take is one or two big runs by him. And then, of, of course, they have the good, solid offensive line. They got Devin Singletary and the rookie Zach Moss in the running game. So they have weapons all over the place on offense. And, again, Josh Allen running the ball especially can really hurt you. And all it will take are one or two big runs to really break the game open uh, because of how much I think the Jets will probably struggle on offense. And I think the Jets would struggle on offense this week pretty much no matter what, no matter who they're going against. Just from what I've seen in training camp, they do not look prepared or ready. And I'm not even going to knock them too much for that. Just no preseason, the training camp they've had, the receivers coming in and out of the lineup. Um, but I, I think they would struggle against far worse defenses than the Bills. One thing that I'm going to look for, I don't know that it's going to happen, but if I if if I was uh, calling the plays, I'd, I'd give some strong consideration. Obviously, I try to use Le'Veon Bell as receiver. I, I've been talking about this for all last year and this year. But also, I'd line up Chris Herndon out wide at, at a receiver this week and then, you know, go ahead and use Ryan Griffin or, or Wesco as the other tight end. But put Herndon on the outside. 
and let him try to match up against the Bills' number two cornerback because uh, I I would like my chances there. Uh, Hogan can do some work. He can do some damage on that, and you're right to point that out. I think they can move the ball there. Uh, obviously, relying on Jamison Crowder will be a, a huge deal. Uh, that's going to be a key all season long. But the one advantage that I think the Jets are going to have to lean on week in and week out is Chris Herndon. And I think it uh, behooves them to be able to use Chris Herndon from inside on the line as a tight end, but also someplace split him out wide as a wide receiver right now with their lack of options at receiver. Uh, that, that's something I, I would take a hard look, long look at. But I do – Again, this offensive line has really struggled in training camp. The run blocking has been really bad. I've been talking about it. I've written about it. I do think that it's it's uh, fair to think that, okay, by week four, week five, they'll be able to improve because they'll, be, they'll have gelled a little bit more. But that doesn't mean anything for week one. For week one, all that matters is what I, I've seen so far, and this team doesn't look ready for the Bills. So I, I – I agree with you on the scoreline, too. I'd probably bump it up a little bit more for the Bills, 24-10. But I, I don't expect a high-scoring game either. Um, I just think the off, Jets' offense is, is not going to look good. I agree, although, as I told our friends over at the Rock Pile Report podcast, anything can happen in Week 1, especially this year. Teams have had very limited number of practices together. This is where a lot of teams are out of sync. They could get caught off guard. There is no home field advantage for this game, so the Bills Mafia won't be in attendance. So if anything strange was to happen, this would be a perfect week for it. I'm not predicting the Jets to win, but I think they have a much better chance now than they probably would if this game was to happen a few weeks from now. And by the way, speaking of our buddies at the Rockpile Report podcast, they had a question about this matchup, and it involves Herndon, who you just brought up, Chris. As we dip into the mailbag, the Rockpile Report boys, Drew and Chris, say, with Herndon as one of the few players on the offense that Darnold has passing game chemistry with and someone likely to be a focal point of the attack, who else constitute a quote-unquote safety valve for Sam in the event things break down? You hit on it before, Chris. Le'Veon Bell and Jamison Crowder are the other two safety valves. I expect the Bills to do everything they can to take Crowder out, which would make sense because he's the only guy as a wide receiver that they have that Darnold should be able to trust at this point because Perriman's knew he's coming off an injury. Hogan also knew neither one of those guys is anything special anyway. So they're going to try to have Crowder as one of the safety valves. The other one is Bell. There are potential mismatches they can exploit there. I expect them to do it, or I should say I'm hoping they'll do it because Gase didn't do it last year. He's vowed to do it this year. Let's see if he gets it done in game number one. Yeah, the uh, number one and two, one A, one B, and you can flip them back and forth. It's it's Herndon and Jameson Crowder. Those those are the security blankets for Darnold. The those two are the top. Le'Veon Bell's third in that order, but they also have to use him in that way differently. And if they do uh, this year, then he can bump up into that top tier with Crowder and Herndon. But last year they were just having him just go out on you know, a little uh, halfback screen where Darnold is like, oh, I'm about to get sacked, dump it to him. And then he's three yards or four yards behind the line of scrimmage and the defense is swarming him already. It, it, if they want to use him in that way and that were have him run those little like, you know, half wheel route type things, those little circle routes uh, 
get him in space for the check down. Uh, that's the problem. And Gase has talked about that this year. He admitted that was a failure of his last year with Le'Veon Bell is they, when they would go to that, they didn't get him in space enough. If they can get him the ball on those check downs, on those dump offs where he has room to go, then he can be as big of a safety valve as Herndon and Jamison Crowder. Uh, I would say Chris Hogan has a little bit of that in him because Hogan's not going to be a deep ball type of guy. Uh, he can run deep routes, but he, you know that's not his game. So he's going to do a lot of shorter uh, route stuff. And then obviously if you take Herndon and you split him out wide, then you can have either Ryan Griffin or Wesco or somebody along, whoever the tight end act like that as well. So, again, that's why I, I'm a fan of the idea of giving Herndon some snaps out wide, mix it up, show him different looks. But, yeah, it's 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 those two. It's Crowder and Herndon. Herndon presents different types of matchup problems. He's going to have to – defense is going to have to take a, uh, pay attention to him. Crowder has the, you know, the yak ability after the play. He's so quick. He can catch that ball, turn up field, and be gone. So those those are the two guys, and then like I said, if if he can, Gase can figure out ways to have uh, Le'Veon Bell be that check down, but with space, then he will climb up in that order as well. Next question comes in from Bet Booth Inc. He says, "Will the Jets be facing a lot of nine or ten men in the box situations against Buffalo?" I don't think it's going to be that drastic, and I'm sure they'll stack the box from time to time, but they do have to respect Darnold's passing ability, so I think that they're going to want to help the second cornerback a lot, that being either Norman or Levi Wallace. If Norman plays, he won't be at full strength anyway, so I don't think there's going to be a ton of that, but you could see them stuff the box from time to time. Yeah, nine or ten's uh, a bit much. Uh, I, like you could see some eight for sure, but I think I don't think that the Bills are going to be so worried about the the Jets' running game either. Especially, uh, you know, uh, they they haven't seen how how bad this is. I'm sure they've seen the reports, but I don't know how much that's going into actual game planning. But if if they went that far then all of a sudden you're giving Darnold more of a chance to make plays. And, uh, like, they're not going to be scared of uh, this passing offense, but to go ahead and just say, you know, hey, we're just going to leave one guy out in coverage, that that would be way too much. Uh, uh, they'd have to either sack Darnold right away or they're going to end up getting beat. So I could, you're definitely going to see some heavy boxes, but uh, – I the, the nine or ten guys in the box is definitely a bit much. Uh, I I just don't think that the Bills are going to be that scared of the passing game or the running game at all. So they they're not going to give them that much of an advantage at trying to pick something there. Next question comes in from Take Flight Jets. He says, with the inexperience and lack of chemistry at receiver, do you see the Jets running a lot of two tight end sets against Buffalo? If so, do you expect to see more of Wesco or Griffin? I know Griffin is tight end two and had a nice year last year, but Griffin is still coming back from injury, so perhaps Wesco gets in there a little bit. I don't know that they're going to run a lot of two tight end sets, but I do think that they should. It would make a lot of sense. It's not something that Gase has traditionally done a ton of, but you would hope that he would look at what you said, which is the fact that he's so weak at wide receiver right now, and mix it up and do something like that. Because Griffin, if he's even remotely healthy, we know is a solid receiving option. 
Herndon is one of the best receiving options on the team. You put them both out there together, and you might have a little bit of a mismatch there that the defense has to worry about. I think Wesco could potentially get in there a little bit. Certainly could see him blocking, too, for Le'Veon Bell, giving him a little bit of extra help. So I guess what I'm really saying is that I think this would be wise to do with two tight end sets, but I'm not entirely sure that Gase is going to go that route. Yeah, well, first, uh, again, I'll just mention the uh, the technicality of this because technically you can get a lot of two uh, tight end sets if you have uh, Chris Herndon lined up wide as a receiver because um, he's still a tight end. But excluding that, you're not going to see a lot of two tight end sets unless it's a run play, and there's a very simple reason for that. Uh, two tight end sets means it's much uh, less likely for Jameson Crowder to be in the slot. Um, it, it's really that simple. Uh, and that's, that's his, his best, most trusted weapon right now in the passing game. He's not going to want to uh, take Chris, uh, uh, Jamison Crowder out of the slot. Two tight end sets will make that a little more difficult for him to do. So you're not going to see him do that a lot. Next question comes in from Michael Christopher. He says, with Feliciano hurt and the Bills having that issue at guard, do you think Quentin Williams will be unleashed the way he was at Alabama playing over center and guards against the Bills? Jets are deep at defensive tackle, but don't you think it would make sense to use Quinnen in that capacity, especially in this game? Was he used at all in that capacity in training camp? Chris, I'll let you answer that part of the question, but as far as whether or not it would be smart to do it, yeah, absolutely. Take advantage of the fact that Feliciano is hurt and use Quinnen Williams in that capacity in a way that you know he can be successful because he was at Alabama. We've heard all offseason about how lean he looks, how good he looked in training camp, how quick he looks, how strong he looks. Now it's time to put that to the test, put him up against the backup guard, and let him be aggressive, let him do some damage. And with Gase, I normally say he's stubborn, so I'm not sure that he's going to deviate from what he normally likes to do. But with Greg Williams, you have to imagine that he's taking a look at the film and realizes that this is going to be something he could exploit. Plus, obviously, he has common sense and knows Feliciano is not going to be playing. So I think he is going to use Quentin Williams a fair amount in that capacity in this game. Chris, what do you think? Do you think Greg Williams will deploy Quentin Williams that way? And is it something that Greg Williams did with Quentin Williams in training camp yeah wondering and watching how greg williams utilizes quinn and williams is going to be one of the biggest storylines things for uh, that i want to focus on this season um just out of curiosity i'm really curious to see how he uh deploys him this year um uh yes that would it's definitely let's start this with there it would definitely be smart to do and i would expect to see some of it i will say that I saw a lot of Quinn and lining up at, as an edge, um, not not like a an outside linebacker edge, but on the end, a defensive end, and like a three four. I saw him doing that a lot in training camp. He he was set up uh, as an end a lot, so I think you're going to see more of that this year. How much more? I'm not sure, um, but I I think you're going to see them move him around a, a, a little bit. So you'll see him inside. You'll see him on the outside. But I, I saw him on the outside too much in training camp to think that, that we're not going to see that during the season. 
Next question comes in from AJ Tronzano. He says, do you think that Pierre Desir is going to be locked on Stefan Diggs or are they going to move him around? Also, what's realistic to expect from Brashad Perriman and will Bell really play some receiver? So let's start with Pierre Desir. I expect them to mix it up, and when he does cover Diggs, I would hope that they're going to give him some help because especially with Desir coming off the injury, I don't know that him going one-on-one with Diggs all game would be a smart move. As far as Perriman, all you can really hope for is a couple of catches and a few nice plays. If you can get that, you should be happy with it. I don't think he's going to do anything great, especially if he's being covered the bulk of the game by Tredavious White. If that happens, he's probably not going to do a lot. As far as Bell, yes, I do expect to see him play a little bit of receiver, but it's probably not going to be as much as we would like to see. Yeah, the, the last part with Bell, it's it's almost assuredly not going to be as much as I want it to be, uh, as much as I would. It's it That's almost uh, like a guaranteed fact. Uh, but I do expect to see more of it during the season. I we'll see if he comes out the gate with it. Um, but this I, I've said all along, this is one of these things that I do. Ex- I, I expect to see it, but also I'll believe it when I see it. Um, with this year, I, I, my guess is that they're not going to be having any corners tracking digs. Uh, it's just wherever digs lines up. Uh, that they're just going to stick the corners on their side and whichever corners in front of them they're going to go. Um, especially because P- Desir didn't do anything in training camp. He, he practiced so little in training camp. I don't, I don't know what as good as Blesson Austin looked during training camp too. I, I, I can't sit here and say Pierre Desir is definitely better than Bless Austin right now. I just can't say that. Um, so I, I just – I don't see why you would uh, have him do that. Uh, I I think you'll probably just have them on their sides and then just cover whoever's there. And then, yeah, if I don't have high expectations for Perriman regardless, if he's covered by Jadavius White, uh, I'm going to have extremely low expectations. I also kind of don't expect the Bills to really have White follow Brashad Perriman. I don't think Brashad Perriman commands that type of attention or respect. But then again, when you look at the other receivers, and especially if the Jets don't line up Chris Herndon out wide, then maybe they do that. But I just don't have high expectations for Brashad Perriman. Uh, I know fans want to stick and hope and uh, for that the way he closed out the season in Tampa Bay. But he's he's got – a, a long resume and that those five game stretch gets buried in the rest of the bad resume. So, and I, this offense isn't like anything like Tampa Bay's offense was last year. They were slinging it all over the field. James, the only problem was James, um, James Winston kept throwing interceptions, but he was putting up crazy yards so there was plenty of opportunity for Perriman to eat during that. He's not going to have that same opportunity, and I just don't think he's anywhere near as talented as uh, as those stats show. I think he's much closer to what the rest of his career shows. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo, and we lost track of time. 
No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Play like a jet. Play like a jet. One person that everybody has been asking for because of all the weird injuries in training camp, particularly now the injury to Denzel Mims, is Dr. Steven Stoller, who, of course, is our medical expert. He was on all the pregame shows last year, and he has returned, still in New Jersey, not yet in Florida, 35-year, now-retired orthopedic surgeon, Dr. Steven Stoller. Doc, thanks so much for coming on. Hey, Scott. Thanks for having me on. Um... It's been a long time, and I'm glad to get going. Absolutely, and I wish we had less to talk about because it's always better when I can say, Doc, what's going on injury-wise? And you say, not much. Okay, Doc, talk to you next week. But that's not the case (laughs) this week, unfortunately. We've got Denzel Mims, who is the top story in terms of injuries for today's game. So let's talk about what's going on with him. Two bad hamstrings now and there's talk that he may end up going on short-term IR which I think a lot of people would be disappointed by but understandable because for the long run that might be the best move talk to me a little bit about the nature of these hamstring injuries and what Denzel Mims is probably going through right now and what's causing this okay well let me so the hamstrings are made up of uh, three tendons behind the uh, leg that run from the pelvic bone um, that you would feel when, you, when you're when you sitting to just below the knee. And it functions to bend the knee, um, thus flexing the knee. So it tears when there's excessive force along the tendon, either behind the knee or at the buttocks. So the muscle in between, you know, usually doesn't tear, but when the, t- the tendons are the ones that tear. So either where it originates or where it inserts. So when hamstrings uh, tears occur more frequently when there's a muscle imbalance, such as the quadriceps or gluteus muscles being weaker than that of the hamstrings 
or that the hamstrings are just tight. So those are, uh, you know, pre-disposing uh, uh, issues that you know, could lead to an increased incidence of hamstrings uh, tears, but they can tear just with a violent contraction of that muscle. Um, they're difficult to heal because like all tendons, they have a poor blood supply compared to other parts of the body. And the treatment is, you know, usually just ice, compression, rest, protective weight bearing, you know, with crutches um, and followed by physical therapy. Um, I would like to see, you know, more use or at least in my practice, I was using um, biologics such as uh, PRP stem cells that you can insert um, directly into the tear of the tendon under ultrasound-guided ultrasound needle um, to enhance uh, healing uh, that, you know, some uh, orthopedists are using now. Um, some feel that it um, is beneficial and some believe that there's not a significant benefit to the uh, healing of the hamstring tendons. So that's basically what the cause and the nature of the injury so it really depends on the size of the tear of how quickly um, the players can uh, come back. So how quickly would you think Denzel Mims would be ready to come back if these hamstring issues persist? Or do you think it's going to be something that's going to potentially nag him for a really long period of time? You know, in his case, um, he was out the entire um, preseason um, until last week. And I guess... Uh, once he went back to uh, practicing, you know, he re-aggravated it, which, you know, if the tear is large enough um, in order to heal it, first it fills up with scar tissue. And that scar tissue has to then, um, you know, reform itself into tendon tissue. So I would think that he probably had a significant tear. And that's, you know, where he is um, in the stage of his healing. So, if he went back in a week and re-injured it, I would think that that's probably what the cause is. So it may take a couple of weeks for him to, you know, actually uh, return and to be able to play. And if he, again, you know, you have to concentrate, if he has any muscle uh, balance, imbalance um, and tightness in that area. Now, if he has tightness in that area, being that's very painful to stretch, it's going to be harder to get that flexibility uh, back until he's, you know, pain free. So I think those are the issues that he's facing. But, you know, he should be back, you know, I think early on uh, during the season. But then again, he really hasn't practiced at all. So being a rookie, I don't know how quickly he'll get actually get on the field. Avery Williamson's got a hamstring issue too. Is there any way that this could be connected to the knee? In other words, because he was trying to overcompensate for the injured knee, maybe he hurt the hamstring? Oh, absolutely. Uh, you know, when he had his, he had an ACL reconstruction and usually the two tendons that are utilized in the uh, reconstruction, depending on the surgeon's choice, would be the uh, patella tendon uh, that becomes part of the quadriceps uh, muscle in the front of your knee or in the back of your knee, they actually take the hamstrings to use them to reform the ACL. And when you, you sacrifice the hamstrings, you're going to weaken the hamstring uh, tendons that are, are still there. So 
um, you would have either way you'd have a muscle imbalance in his knee. So yes, that could be an attributing factor to um, his hamstring injury. Um, because I don't think it's his ACL. I mean, he was able to practice and actually look pretty good in his practices. So I think that's what the issue is. And um, hopefully it's a small injury and it'll be back soon. Let's talk a little bit about Joe Flacco and LaMichael P. Ryan. LaMichael P. Ryan is out with an ankle. Joe Flacco's got that nick injury, so he's not ready to come back yet. How quickly do you think Flacco will return? The early reports are a couple of games before he's back, and that seems reasonable, but I was curious what you had to say based on the fact that you would know a thing or two about the surgery that Flacco had. And then LaMichael P. Ryan, anything that we should be concerned about there? Okay, with Michael P. Ryan, he had an ankle a sprain, which I think was two weeks ago. So, you know, depending on the severity of his sprain and the swelling and pain, you know, once that dissipates, they can, you know, he can go back, you know, with ankle taping, you know, uh, with or without a functional brace. So um, I think at the, he probably, he'll probably be back between two and four weeks, uh, probably four weeks at the latest. Um, it's, far as Joe Flacco goes, um, there's just a timetable for him. So his surgery probably was about six months ago for his neck. And what they do is they put a bone graft in the area that um, probably had a herniated disc. And then once the bone graft um, heals, which usually uh, to fully be incorporated takes about six months. So I'm sure they're, they're, looking at six months before they take CAT scans and final x-rays to see if it's healed. And once it's healed completely, um, then he can return. So I don't foresee any problems, you know, with him. I just think it's a matter of the time that it takes for this uh, surgery to heal. Alex Lewis and Marcus May both listed as questionable on the injury report. Lewis with a shoulder, Marcus May with a calf slash ankle, both expected to play. Anything we should be concerned about as they head into this game? I know they're not going to be at 100%, but can we realistically expect them to be somewhere close to 100%, do you think? You know, Marcus May um, in a calf, you know, he probably tore one of the muscles that um, instead of being the, the, the Achilles tendon, um, it's where the muscle from the Achilles tendon um, inserts into the bone above the knee. And there are actually two parts of that. So, uh, you know, usually when they have a calf strain, that's where it occurs. So, you know, if he's questionable, it's probably not a large tear. And if he's, you know, I think he's going to play Sunday, that's probably really a small tear. So, um, you know, I think if they, um, you know, treat him with, you know, compression and, um, you know, physical therapy during this time, he'll probably be able to uh, play. As far as Alex Lewis is concerned, you know, I, you know, usually when they say shoulders, it turns out to be an instability problem. And, um, you know, similar to Brian Winters and Cashman and Osemele. Um, and as you remember, I think all three of them were, well, the assembly did, but the other two players were wearing a um, harness we saw, um, which looks like a blood pressure cuff on the upper arm, which is actually attached to the shoulder pads 
that prevent the uh, shoulder from going in certain positions um, that would aggravate this injury. Uh, you know, I'm not 100% certain, but I think on you know some of the video replays that I've seen in training camp that um, he was wearing one of those braces. So, you know, is there some concern? Um, you know, Brian Winters was able to play the entire season with that brace, and Brian Cashman uh, was not. So, um, you know, that we'll have to uh, watch. Doc, last order business, even though he's going to play on Sunday, Brashad Perriman has been banged up in training camp, and you had some interesting information about him. Uh, yes. You know, he's the injuries listed is that he had fluid on his knee. Um, and so that's not, you know, really unusual because what happens is when the knee is irritated, um, the lining of the knee, the synovium secretes fluid to lubricate the knee and uh, protect itself. But there are multiple reasons for the um, irritation. So in, in doing some uh, research, you know, into Perryman's uh, past injuries, um, I was surprised to see that he uh, tore his uh, posterior cruciate ligament, his PCL, in 2015. I believe that was his rookie year, and that's why he didn't play at all. And then I think in the following year or two, he had a uh, partial tear of his um, anterior cruciate ligament, his ACL, um, which was treated with uh, stem cells and not a reconstruction like his uh, PCL. Um, both were done by uh, Dr. Jim Andrews. So, you know, if he's going to have full recovery, he's probably in the best hands um, there. Um, however, um, this would be a real um, red flag and a reason to be concerned about his um, injury to his knee, whether or not there are other underlying factors, because they're, they're two really significant injuries. Um, especially the PCL, because they're not as um, the recovery is not the same as an ACL and it's not as predictable. So I would be concerned that he did have an effusion because there are underlying reasons for that to occur. Um, so, you know, as far as I know, when they were talking about that, like, he hasn't played up to his ability as a first round draft pick. Um, I think that's really unfair it's probably really has to do with his injuries. Um, so maybe those are, you know, now under control and um, he will be able to uh, fulfill his, um, you know, ability as a first round draft pick and, you know, be um, helpful in the passing game for Sam Donald. Thanks, Doc. Great insight as always. And now to wrap up the show, I want to bring in my buddy Walter Cherapinski of WalterFootball.com. Walter's got a great site over there. Fantastic football content all year round, including mock drafts, prospect breakdowns. Charlie Campbell does that for him and does a fantastic job. Walter does a lot of stuff with fantasy football and gambling, so I thought it would be fun to have him give us some of his gambling picks. We'll start with today's matchup between the Jets and the Bills. Walter, the floor is yours, my man. Thanks, Scott. Sorry to say that I like the Bills uh, to not only win but cover against the Jets uh, today. Um, I, I like the I like the Bills a lot because the Jets are missing so many players. Uh, of course, C.J. Mosley uh, opted out of the season. The Jets traded away Jamal Adams. 
And then uh, Marcus Mays banged up. Avery Williamson is out. So I don't know how the Jets are going to stop Josh Allen and Devin Singletary. I feel like the Bills should win this by a couple of touchdowns. Uh, other top uh, gambling picks I like for this week. I like the Ravens a lot in minus eight over the Browns. The Browns have similar issues uh, to the Jets. Uh, they have... Uh, they have two of the top three cornerbacks are injured, Greedy Williams and Kevin Johnson. They're missing one of their, one of their top linebackers. So uh, they're going to have major problems stopping Lamar Jackson, Mark Andrews, and Marquise Brown. So I think the Ravens should win this one easily. Uh, the Redskins plus five and a half of the Eagles uh, is not something people are picking, but I, I think the Redskins can win this one outright. Uh, they, they have a great defensive line, and the Eagles are down two starting offensive linemen. And Lane Johnson, who's slated to play, may not be 100%. So it seems like the Redskins should should have major advantage in the trenches. So I, I think that could be an upset. Colts minus eight over the Jaguars. It seems like a high number, but kind of I think you should remember Ravens-Dolphins from week one last year. This seems so similar. Uh, the Jaguars are tanking. They're a, they're a skeleton crew of what they used to be. Frank Reich is a great coach, and I think with extra time to prepare, Frank Reich should have a great game plan. Uh, for the Jaguars, who are down their top three running backs. So I don't know where this running game is going to come from. Uh, Buccaneers plus three and a half of the Saints. I, I think the Buccaneers could win the Super Bowl this year easily. Uh, they're, they're my pick to win the Super Bowl. Uh, I, I love, obviously, Tom Brady, but their receiving core is great. Obviously, everyone knows that. But their offensive line's underrated, and their defense played very well in the second half of the year last year when Jason Pierre-Paul came back from injury and their their rookie cornerback, Jamel Dean, uh, started playing it in the second half of the year. So uh, I, I'm big on the Buccaneers, and Sean Payton is 1-13 against the spread in the first two weeks of the season in the past seven years, which is just, just absolutely insane. Uh, my final pick is Rams plus three, Sunday Night Football over the Cowboys. Uh, the Cowboys are down. Lyle Collins, uh, their all-pro right tackle. Travis Frederick, their center from last year, retired. Uh, Tyron Smith is not the same player he once was uh, because of that the infamous bulging disc uh, so the Rams defensive front should be able to put a lot of pressure on the Cowboys meanwhile the Cowboys have a dreadful defense they I don't know where their pass rush is going to come from outside of the Marcus Lawrence the secondary is horrible uh, the Rams should be able to pass all over them so I, th I think the Rams should should pull the upset so those are my top uh, gambling tips for this Sunday uh, back to you Scott Thanks, Walter. Hope you're wrong about the Jets and the Bills, but I wouldn't be surprised if you're right, unfortunately. As Chris and I both predicted, we think that the Bills are going to win, and we think there's a pretty good chance they're going to cover the spread. Chris thinks they're going to cover the spread comfortably, as does Walter, obviously. So we'll see what happens. I'm hoping for, at the very least, a good game out of Sam Darnold and a competitive, fun matchup. If they get the win, that would be a really nice start to the season and something that a lot of us clearly wouldn't have expected. We'll be back after the game with Andy Vasquez of NorthJersey.com to wrap things up, go inside the locker room, and get all the notes and quotes from after the game plus injury updates. In the meantime, though, if you haven't given us a five-star review on iTunes yet, if you could go ahead and do that for us, really appreciate it. Easy way to help out the show if you like what we're doing. Doesn't take you much time, doesn't cost you any money, but it goes a long way to help us out. So if you go ahead and do that for us, we'd be quite grateful. And for the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcasts, you know where to go. That's Turn on the Jets Digital and TurnOnTheJets.com. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, over prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.